0: Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it?
1: And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers.
0: Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. Bites. Let's dig in.
1: And hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for joining me on Sports Bites. In this episode, I'm going to give you my breakdown of the top five college games that I had selected for the second weekend in November, as sadly... Yeah, think about it. College football season is quickly winding down. We're close to conference championship games. Playoff talk is picking up. I'll go over my give them a six or six picks, how I did predicting games this weekend. We'll also take another look at stadium's food options thanks to the stadiumreviews.com. My number five game of the weekend to keep an eye on was in one of the loudest stadiums out there. Austin Stadium. Everyone talks about how loud it is. The Oregon Ducks look to keep the Pac-12 title hopes alive. And outside of playoff hopes may be alive as they welcomed in the USC Trojans, Caleb Williams, the Ducks led by their Heisman hopeful Bo Nix, who I think now is the betting favorite for the Heisman, which again, I bring up, how do Auburn fans feel about this now? Bo Nix gone, he may end up winning the Heisman. Crazy, but the the Ducks started off fast, pulled away before USC scored two late touchdowns. You know, they got out of there with a 36-27 victory for Oregon. Knicks, he was dicing up the Trojans. I think he, he completed his first two passes for like 140 yards and two touchdowns. First two passes or for two out of three, something stupid like that. He ended up throwing for 412 yards, four touchdowns. So the threesome of Troy Franklin, Tez Johnson, and Terrence Ferguson, they couldn't be stopped. 333 yards and four touchdowns between those three guys. And probably what I think is going to be the first team, Pac-12, all-conference running back, Bucky Irving, 118 yards, a touchdown. Oregon outgained the Trojans 552 to 379. And, you know, I was interested to see how the defense would play with Alex Grinch being let go the week before after giving up 50 points. Now, I know they didn't give up 50 points to the Ducks, but the Ducks had running room. The Ducks were running free, like the the wide receivers were wide open, and it's, it's just not the same, you know, and I, I hate it for, for Brian Odom. I hope he does a good job. He may end up getting the job out there. I don't know, but the receivers could do exactly what they wanted in that game. Caleb Williams fought to the very end, you know, and, I, and I'm still going to be surprised now that they're out of it, out of it. No shot at a Pac-12 title, nothing like that. No shot at a New Year's Six Bowl if they won the Pac-12. I'm going to be very surprised if he plays the rest of the year. Now, he ended up 291 yards, one touchdown, but pressure again, and it showed ball security and the issue of how careless he is with the football. And it always, you know, he he saved one of the fumbles. He had a couple. But something I've talked about on a couple of these episodes, does Caleb try to be improvisational while being extremely athletic? Don't get me wrong. But is he a good quarterback as far as reading defenses and making football? We know he can make plays, but can he make football plays? That's still to be determined. I mean, we're going to see in college. Haven't heard anything yet. I'm recording this on Sunday night, the post on Monday. It'll be interesting to see if Caleb Williams shuts it down or what. I did like in the, there, there was something surfaced on Twitter. There was a girl, somehow she got down into the tunnel at uh, Autzen Stadium and she let Lincoln Riley know what she thought about him because she was an OU fan I won't repeat what she said but uh, the interaction was kind of funny she was letting it be known that she was not happy with Lincoln Riley the Ducks now will face Arizona State before that big game now with Oregon State in that Civil War I'm still I think Oregon State's a fraud team I think Oregon will absolutely destroy them and they're all upset and in their fields now because game day didn't come to Corvallis because nobody wants to go to Corvallis. It sucks. Nobody wants to go to Corvallis, Oregon, especially in November. Not going to happen. But again, Bo Nix was just on fire in this game.
0: Empty backfield trips right for Bo with a snap and throw. Steps, no throw there. Going to run to the right. Now we'll throw wide open end zone touchdown, Oregon. <laughs> Touchdown Ducks, Tez Johnson.
1: I tell you, barring anything crazy happening, I'm excited now. The conference championship game, except the Big Twelve, like I, I, you know, unless Oklahoma can find a way back into it, and I'll get into that later. The SEC championship game, I'm really intrigued about that now. I'm also really intrigued about the Pac-12. If Washington and Oregon play again out in Las Vegas, I, I'm intrigued about that one. Other than that, I mean, Michigan's going to play some bum. Michigan or Ohio State, whoever wins that game, is going to play a bum in the Big Ten Championship. Florida State's going to play a bum. Well, they may end up playing Louisville, so that one could. I'll hold off on that one. But Oregon, Washington, whoo, let's go. Round two. Number four game of the weekend had the Tennessee Vols traveling to take on the Missouri Tigers. And I mentioned in my last episode that I like Missouri to win and to win easily. And that's what happened. Tigers beat Tennessee 36-7. to Cody Schrader, again, a guy from a Division two school, walks on. And all he's done is this year, in three games against top 25 teams, he's had at least 100 yards and a touchdown against all three top 25 teams. Against Tennessee, 205 yards on a workhorse, workhorse load of 35 carries. Brady Cook was solid, 275 yards, a touchdown. He had an interception as well. Schrader was also the leading receiver with 115 yards. So he was all over, I mean, over 300 yards of total offense. Theo Weiss only had two catches for 17 yards, but Luther Burden had another touchdown.
0: Third down at four. No reason to throw, but they do anyway. And it's not only a first down, it's a touchdown to Luther Burden.
1: The East St. Louis wide receiver, It was kind of, it looked like a jet sweep and they ran him out to the flats, almost like what you think should have been running that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game. But I digress. Burton takes it and shows his extreme speed. Now, the Tiger defense also balled up one of the nation's best running attacks. They only allowed 83 yards on 23 carries. Joe Milton had issues with ball security, throwing interception, also having two fumbles, even though they lost one of them. Milton ended the day with 267 yards and a touchdown. Now, Missouri can't finish. Against Georgia, they can't. But this will put the Tigers in second. In the SEC East. Tennessee is going to try to play spoiler to the undefeated season as they play Georgia next week. I, I just I don't see it. Missouri taking on the Gators next week, looking to secure a good bowl game for Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers. Josh Heupel cannot be happy with how his team committed nine penalties, three turnovers, and and what can be considered a disappointing season after what happened last year. Now I know they weren't happy with how it ended. They lost to South Carolina. But, you know, beating Alabama, you know, but Joe Milton, they just didn't get it done. Are we going to see Nico Iomala Vieira? I'm sure they won't throw him to the dogs. You don't see what I did there next week, but it'll be interesting to see if he'll get some playing time. Maybe that last game of the year into the bowl game. But game number three for me this weekend was really the best game of the day. The Utah Utes, the two Utes were on the road at Washington And it was close and entertaining game. Now, the Huskies, we all know, are led by Michael Penix Jr. They held on for another close one. They win 35-28. Penix throws for another two touchdowns, ran for another. A windy day, you know, right off the shore of Lake Washington there. Kind of really hindered that passing attack. But the defense made plays when they needed to. The Huskies, again, played not their best, but were able to come away with a victory. Had 11 penalties, a turnover. So it, it was it was sloppy. But they're finding ways to win, and I don't know if they don't if they don't ramp it up. I would say Oregon has played better than the two since that game when Washington won. But Washington and their big 3 Penix Jr., Dylan Johnson, and Roma Dunze—made plays where they needed to.
0: Dunze and Bernard. Pinnix wants to throw. Looking downfield. Looking, looking. Takes a shot. Roma Dunze. Did he hold up? Yes, sir! Touchdown, Washington! Roma Dunze! Playing a Belindicoff kind of game. Another explosive this time for 33, and the Huskies take the lead.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be Roma Dunze for the Balitnikov. I mean, he's up there. He's really good. Myron Harrison Jr. is going to win that. But Penix Jr. threw for 332 yards, two touchdowns. Dylan Johnson, two touchdowns, including, you know, he, he really... Did a good job kind of securing that game. Bryson Barnes, you know, everybody loved the pig farmer, but he was under pressure most of the night, resulted in two interceptions for the Utah quarterback. Sioni Vaki still recorded a touchdown on one of his four catches. However, adjustments were made. And the Utah, so think about this the first half of that game, Utah scored on four straight possessions. But as a good coaching staff does, when it was time to make adjustments, they did. The second half, the Utes had six possessions. They only crossed midfield once. Once. Whew. Washington remains undefeated. They still have their destiny in their own hands. The Huskies next take on the team that continues to defy all logic to me, Oregon State. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I just, I, I'm not. In the battle of quarterbacks, Michael Penix Jr. is far better than DJ Uyunglele. Now I know. Oregon State's got a good running game, a decent line. This game might be another high-scoring game up in Corvallis. Utah will take on an improving Arizona squad. You go out to Arizona and get your Sonora dog. And If you don't know what a Sonora dog is, I'll break that down a little bit later. Sonora dogs are really, really good, okay? Especially if you like bacon. Just There's a little hint for you. The number two game of the day saw the Georgia Bulldogs get their main target, Brock Bowers, back. What's the prize? I didn't know it was going to happen. The Dogs made a statement, though, a 52-17 beatdown of Ole Miss. And just when you think, hey, someone could come in and push the dog. Nope, nobody's pushing the Dogs. They just hammered another top-10 team, claimed the SEC East title, setting up a huge matchup with Alabama. Alabama beat Kentucky, so now they are in the SEC title game. George, Alabama. It's already set, December second in Atlanta. That's going to be a hell of a football game. Brock Bowers, in his return from tightrope surgery, you know the the surgery made famous by Tua Tonga had three catches and a touchdown in his debut.
0: Now motions back into the slot on third down. Beck looks down the middle. There's Brock Bowers, touchdown, dogs.
1: Brock Bowers. That's right. He's back. Really, a lot of the time, really, he drew attention away from Lab McConkie and others as Georgia rolled up 611 yards of offense against an overmatched, uh, old miss team. Georgia averaged over 10 yards per play. And on defense, they were just smothering. After his 14 14, both quarterbacks threw an otherwise, you know, threw an interception, otherwise a clean game. The Georgia ground game chewed up 300 yards, led by Kendall Milton, 127 yards. The one Edwards had 50 yards, you know, both of them scoring two touchdowns. Georgia's just so good. And they're getting into stride now. They keep saying, you don't play anybody. They're just hammering everybody. You said the same thing about Michigan. Georgia's just destroying people right now. Ole Miss, they're going to play Louisiana Monroe. Boring. UGA's got to travel to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Now, my number one game had a lot more drama and stuff surrounding the game than the actual game itself. Penn State, they had the home crowd. They are all juiced up. But they couldn't stop the Jim Harbaugh-less Michigan Wolverines. Michigan went on the road and in the second half ran the ball 32 times in a row. 32 running plays in a row in the second half. Talk about demoralizing a team. J.J. McCarthy only threw the ball eight times. Now, a serious question. When was the last time you saw someone other than a service academy? Well, let me rephrase that. When you saw a battle of top 10 teams when the winning quarterback only threw the ball eight times and the offense ran the ball 32 times in a row. I mean, you probably got to go back to Oklahoma-Nebraska days. I, I I don't know, but eight times. Blake Corham looked great. 26 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns, including the game sealer. Oh, Gus Johnson, Blake the Great. Drew Aller, you know, when you look at this year, he's only lost to the number one and the number three team in the country. Not bad. I mean, he had some tough games, guy. James Franklin says he got to do better. Yeah, you you have to. This is going to set up that big matchup between Ohio State and Michigan. Barring any crazy stuff next weekend, Michigan plays at Maryland. Crab cakes and football, baby. That's what they do. Ohio State, they throttle Michigan State. They have the Golden Gophers before traveling to Ann Arbor for the game. That might be number two versus number three. I think Georgia might take over the number one spot in this week's playoff rankings. Now, before the game, everything, you know, we found out Friday that Jim Harbaugh was being suspended and he was not going to be able to coach. He could coach during the week, but not on the field. They tried to file an injunction for a temporary restraining order. He got no trial. He will not have a trial until Friday. That's when Jim Harbaugh will have his day in court to see you know, what can happen. So I, I just, there's a lot of stuff going on with this Michigan, right? A lot of stuff going on with Michigan that I just kind of, I, I I don't know. Seems just dirty. Seems just dirty. But some other games of interest, you know, Bama rolls, like I mentioned, Milro continues to mature. They beat Kentucky 49-21. Milrow found nine different receivers. Again, not just focusing on Isaiah Bond, Jermaine Burton, I think he's really done a good job kind of expanding his role as a quarterback. Plus, he's a monster. Florida State, they hold on to beat the U-27-20. Remember when that game was the game every year? You knew Florida State-Miami. You knew when it was. I didn't even know that that game was going on. That's how sad that is. (laughs) Hold on. What was that? (laughs) That's all you Oklahoma State fans, okay? What happened? That wasn't a hangover loss. Oklahoma State goes to Central Florida and Oregon and absolutely gets mollywopped, 45-3. to Now, here's what's so frustrating is you watch that game, and like I said, that wasn't a hangover loss. USC, UFC, UCF, let me say that right, took it to them from the jump. Then I see it starts raining, and reports come out that Oklahoma State didn't even take any rain gear for anyone what a complete blunder absolutely complete blunder but you know you know kansas lost oklahoma state lost so it's up in the air could oklahoma find their way back into the big 12 championship game texas they messed around almost lost to tcu they got two night games they got to go to ames iowa which is always you know kind of tough for them you know, and, and Texas Tech. So it, it's on, on Black Friday. They play that at night too, um, Texas Tech in Texas. But Oklahoma had to do what they needed to do. Drake Stoops, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan had a ball game, eight touchdowns accounted for, 423 yards through the air, five touchdowns. Little Drake Stoops to walk on the Norman North Timberwolf, who's having monster games now, three touchdowns, 164 yards. Gavin Solchuk, is that running back one now? Is, is it running back one? He might be. He might be running back one. But then the Big 12 just said, F U Oklahoma, and put you at 11 a.m. at BYU, which means they're playing at 10 a.m. local time in Provo, Utah. That should be a night game, just because it's the only time they're going to play. It, well, it's not like BYU's out there raging and you know and partying, so I, I don't know. but I, that was going to be, it should be a night game. But again, hey, kudos. I hope my boy Toby Rowland, Drake Dyken, Teddy Lehman, Stats Kelly, all those guys out there, part of the Oklahoma broadcast team, man, I hope they enjoy the view. That's one of the most most picturesque press boxes anywhere. They're going to get to see the sunrise over the mountains. there. That's going to be kind of cool. So I can't wait to get out of the Big 12. Cannot wait. So the results of my give them a six or pick six, I lost my underdog pick, right? I didn't realize Riley Leonard wasn't playing. So he didn't play against Duke. And I was like, or North Carolina. I was like, well, and all of a sudden, I see Duke keeping it close, hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, you know, for those rounder fans out there. But then it goes, there's a play again, officiating. There's a play to where North Carolina throws a pass. Their tight end appears to have caught it. But when I I saw it in real time, I was like, they stole the ball from before he came down. And what I hate is that they ruled it down by contact, and you can't review that. The ball was clearly stolen. North Carolina scores, and I'm like, wow, they're going to cost the game. Duke goes right back down. They score. Now we go to overtime. Score, score. North Carolina gets the ball. The second overtime, they score two-point conversion. Good. Duke gets the ball. They score. In the second overtime, two-point conversion fails. So I lost my underdog pick. Again, they they would have won by the spread. It was 15. Oregon, minus 15, lost that. That game kept pretty close. So I'm 0 for 2 already. Took Oregon, minus 15. That didn't cover. Missouri, plus 1, covered easily. Like I said, Washington, minus 9.5. That didn't cover. I took the over in the Georgia Ole Miss game. It was 57.5. Georgia almost did that by themselves, scoring 52. That goes over. Michigan, minus 4, a win there. So I was 3-3. and on the weekend so you know I'll take it there's still some frustration but I'll take it now Monday Night Football you know where Monday Night Football is going to be it's going to be For another stadium food review We're going to head to Highmark Stadium Previously known as New Era Field Ralph Wilson Stadium out there in Orchard Park, New York Home of the Buffalo Bills Where Monday Night Football is going to be So if you get a chance to go out there My former co-host on the rush out in Oklahoma Teddy Lehman played in Buffalo Always talked about how cold it was out there But the home of the Buffalo Wings Some crazy tailgames So I wanted to see what was going on at Ralph Wilson Stadium, right? The classic food out there. Tim Hortons up in that Northeast. Donuts and coffee. You can't go wrong with donuts and coffee. I'm sure it's cold out there, so you're going to have some coffee. The doghouse serving up hot dogs, nachos. I'm good. Buffalo Wild Wings. I, and I know they had to pay money, but I know true Buffalo fans where the Buffalo Wing was created. Buffalo Wild Wings is not that The Bud Light Club, you got chicken tacos, pork sandwiches. I'm in. Duff's, famous wings. There you go. Classic wings, fries, soda, beer. Duff's is where it's at. You get the original buffalo sauce. Now, do you like ranch or blue cheese? I'm kind of a blue cheese guy. I like stinky cheese. I want my cheese to smell like bad meat or good cheese. It doesn't doesn't matter. But I'm going with blue cheese the sampler bucket. You can get an array of meals. Pizza, fries, chicken tenders, boneless wings. They're not boneless wings. It's nuggets. Lenovo pizza, cheese, pepperoni, and more slices of pizza. You got to like a good slice of a zop. You got a good pie. Good stuff. Now the new food, more of the higher end stuff. Beef on Wex Sidewinder Poutine. For those who don't know poutine, fries, gravy, cheese curds french fries with roast beef cheese scallions and more i would hammer some poutine hot honey chicken and waffles (laughs) i can't tell you how much i love hot honey i get giddy thinking about hot honey but chicken and waffles a great combination especially if you've got a really good waffle batter that kind of malty kind of sweet mixed with chicken the salty now with hot honey, let it fill in like where the little waffle divots are. I'm all about that. Joey T's Pizza, it's Signature Pizza in Buffalo. You're going to get the margarita, stuff like that. It's good. Lenovo Boneless Barbecue Wings. If you put Boneless Barbecue Wings in your menu or as your your name of the place you're going to, it says Lenovo Boneless Barbecue. I'm not going there. I'm not. I'm going to die on that hill. I want you to say Lenovo Nuggets. That rhymes better boneless wings, not a boneless wing, barbecue tailgate platter, a wide range of wings, sweet potato fries, I like sweet potato fries, a little parmesan garlic on it, I like that, I like that, a lot of wings in this, I told you wings is going to be where it's at, but good stuff, not a lot of dessert options there, you got the Tim Horton, the donuts, I'm sure you could have, you know, your chocolate, your glaze, your uh, Bavarian cream, all that, got candy all over the place but I would probably have to go get the hot honey chicken and waffles with some uh roast beef poutine that's where I would go if you're asking me what I would recommend looking at everything that's what I would recommend out right there so good stuff again go check out the stadiumreviews.com if you're going to be going to a stadium and, and I mean you can look up any kind of stadium major league baseball nascar tracks nba to nhl stadiums i mean there, there are all kinds of information out there Greg christian does a great job kind of explaining different things there's a lot of um, information on that website so go check it out but guys again i appreciate you taking the time out to enjoy this little sample of what i love doing talking about sports and food so i thank you and until the next episode remember to always positively move forward guys
0: on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites Bites. with your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth-watering sports-related tales or favorite game day recipes, share them with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites. Forgettable. Stay hungry for more sports bites.